Well, hello and welcome to the China Church Plant Podcast. This is your host, Adam Walls. We've got a visitor with us today. Blake Young, missionary to the country of Columbia, is joining us. And uh, John thought it would be a great idea, because I didn't think it would be a great idea, but <laughs> John thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing. We're good friends here at Vision, and as we've been, uh, we actually started deputation together, and we've been having a good time ever since. In fact, we met each other, or we got acquainted better with each other in Columbia, and so we'll talk, I'll let Blake answer a little bit or talk a little bit more about that, but well, the first thing we wanted to do was want to talk to Blake and uh, get a little bit of his background, his testimony, how he came to know the Lord, and then what brought him to the country of Colombia, how he decided to be a missionary. It doesn't have to be necessarily in that order. It could be in a different order, whatever you would like to do, uh, but that's what we'll, we'll go with. So Blake, you want to tell us a little bit about your story? Uh, yeah, that sounds great. Um, I usually let people Closer know... Oh, sorry. How's this? Is That's this better? I uh, want people to hear me. So uh, I usually let people know that um, I, I can kind of see God's hand in our family's life before I was born. I, I remember when I was 16 years old, my mom took me to the side in her room and she began telling me what life was like for her when she was growing up. And she told me she was raised by my grandparents, her mom and her stepdad. But she said as a child, she didn't remember there being very many happy days because of all the verbal arguments that took place. And so she said at some point as a child becoming a teenager, those verbal arguments became something much more physical with each other. They would pull each other's hair. They would fight with each other with their hands. And it wasn't a good home life to be raised in. And so my mom said when she turned 16 years old, she said, Blake, I decided to do something crazy. My mom literally took everything she could fit into her one suitcase. And she didn't just run away from home. She moved to a completely different state where she had dropped out of my grandparents' lives for good. She told me a few days later the uh, police enforcement, law enforcement was looking for her. And she gave my grandparents one last phone call. And she said, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I've done. I can't take it anymore. I don't want to be in your lives. Never contact me again. And so she drops out of their lives for several years. Well, a few years go by. She's 18 or 19 years old. She told me how she met my dad. And, you know, uh, surprise, here I am a few months later. But I usually let everybody know that the greatest thing that ever happened to my mom was this guy right here, man. I was cute. I was adorable. I was exactly what my mom needed. But I don't know what happened. But a few oh, years go by. Definitely I, happened. My hair started falling out. <laughs> and so a few years go by. Um, I'm probably five or six years old. I have a younger brother. My mom looks at us and she says, all right, now, boys, I want you to pack up everything you've got because you're going to spend the night with grandma and grandpa for a very long time. And we were excited about that. But I don't remember if just a couple months went by. I don't remember if it was just uh, maybe just a few months. But what I do remember is I remember going up to my grandparents and I remember asking them, hey, when are we going back to stay with our mom? But they told me something that hurt because they said, Blake, you're not going back to live with your mom because your mother doesn't love you anymore and she doesn't want to raise you. And I know all of you know what children are like. I was no different. I began beating myself up over that. What's wrong with me? Why aren't I good enough for my mom? What did I do wrong? And I'd spend the night with her and she said, Blake, uh, you're staying with your grandparents because they stole you away from me and they don't want me to raise you boys anymore. And so I think... You know what was happening. Our mom wanted us against our grandparents, our grandparents against our mom. And I'll just speak for myself if you're listening. I ended up hating them both. I hated my mom for not loving me, for not wanting to raise me. I hated my grandparents for not, for not, uh, just for stealing me away. And so a few years go by, things didn't stop there. 
I turned nine years old, and I remember when I turned nine, uh, that's when I met my dad. Uh, the DNA results came back after we went to a doctor's office, and uh, I met him for the first time in my life. And I've never told my dad to this day what I thought of him. I don't plan on never telling him what I thought of him when I met him. But when I met him, I remember thinking at nine years old how much I hated him. I began wondering, where were you my whole life? I guess you found out that I was going to be born. You took off and you didn't want to raise me either. And I hated my own dad. Well, things go on that way until I turn 15. And when I turned 15 years old, that's when God did something exciting in my life. Um... I'm probably too excited to tell you this, but when I turned 15, I got taken out of a public school. I was placed in the Christian school, and you probably know what I'm about to say, but I hated that thing too. <laughs> I did not want to be there. I look at all of my friends now, you know, and back then, it's just, I hated them because they had both parents living in the same house. They had everything together. They made friends easy. They laughed all the time, and it ate me up to see all of that. Well, then that first chapel message comes along, and our youth director take God's word, and he preaches a short sermon from Romans 6.23, and his first point was simple. He said, for the wages of sin is death. And he said, he, he was very plainly spoken about the word wages. He said that our penalty for the things that we've done wrong is that we are going to die one day, and that there is absolutely nothing we can do to escape that appointment we have with death. But then he took it a step further and said, because of our rebellion to a holy God and our unbelief in his son, Jesus Christ, he said, we deserve to die and go to a real place called hell. And church, I remember sitting there. I remember as soon as he said that, I remember looking up to the ceiling in the pew I was in. And I just remember telling God, I guess you hate me too now. I don't know if y'all know what it's like to go to bed crying yourself to sleep out of anger. Well, that's how angry I was to think my mom, my dad, my grandparents, and now God doesn't even want me. And I don't know how he did it the next day. I really don't. I don't know how when the next day came, I don't know how God broke through the walls I had set up. I don't know how he broke through my barriers, but I praise God. He knows how to do things like that because the next day I remembered the rest of my youth director's message that said, yes, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And he began explaining that heaven is a free gift offered to everyone who would just reach out and receive Christ as their savior. And then he told us of what Christ came to do, that he was born of a virgin, lived a perfect and sinless life, died on the cross, rose again from the grave. And then he said something I never forgot. You ready for it? He said, oh, and by the way, God loves you. And I don't know how God broke through the walls I'd set up, but I'm glad he knew how to because that next day I knew I needed to accept Jesus Christ as my savior. And I knew I needed to put my faith alone in him and turn to God. And church, when he saved me, I really did think the rest of my life was just going to be sunshine and rainbows. I thought it was going to be easy. I thought everything was going to come together. And I'll be honest with you, there are still some very hard times that came afterwards. But the Bible talks about there being a transformation in our lives. And for me, that transformation was all that anger, all that bitterness, that hatred I had to my family. When God saved me, it was like he took it away, and I was able to love them for what I remember being the first time in my life, and that change was so important because now, over the last 14 and a half years, I've got to see my entire family down to my youngest brother, down to my dad and stepmom who I met later, down to my stepfamily on my mom's side. I got to see everyone come to make a profession of faith in Christ. I just want to leave you with something. The Bible talks about there being adoption. I might not have known who my dad was until later on. But when God saved me, I've got a Father in heaven who will never leave me or forsake me. And this God 
has really poured out his love on us, and I praise him for the work that he's done. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> no, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, as you see, uh, exactly why John wanted to be able to get Blake on here is he's got a he's got a wonderful testimony that God has given him. I guess I'll get a little closer to the mic yeah, since I, I chewed you out about that at the very you. beginning of it. Uh, and so wherever you're at, no matter what God has put you a situation, God has put you in. God can use you in any way, shape, or Amen. form. And uh, uh, we hope that you you clearly got the the understanding of that. And so uh, I, I, as the podcast was going. I actually had to run out and get a couple things done, but I've heard this testimony at least four dozen times. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, the first 12 were, I mean, like, okay, yeah, a little bit of a tear in the eye. Now I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just messing. We're, we're good friends, lot. and so it's all right. Uh, don't don't be writing me hate mail or anything. Please uh, do. Uh, John's email is. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but uh, so I don't think that you explained a little bit of, the, the story mm. of getting into missions, did you, or at least getting into why Columbia? So give us a little bit about that. Absolutely. We'll I, I, I had no idea what God was going to do in my life when he saved me. All I know is that there was a change. Uh, he saved me at 15. I was baptized later. I started having a desire to want to preach God's word. And if you would have known me before, um, if you were to ask me my name before I was saved, I wouldn't, I would look at you I would look, I would have this angry look on my face and I would look away. Like I wouldn't be even be able to talk to you. Well, now God saved me. And now I just, all of a sudden I have all these desires. And so I didn't know what God wanted me to do. Uh, whenever my pastor would preach, I would tell him, pastor, God called me to be a pastor. Whenever an evangelist would come in, I said, pastor, God's called me to be an evangelist. And then whenever a missionary would come in uh, to different fields, after every single one presented, I said, pastor, God's called me to be a missionary to the uh, country this missionary came from. So that was a long process. 2011, I went to England for a year. God really showed me that there was a need for the gospel worldwide. In 2015, I just got back from uh, half a year. I was in Canada for five months. I was in Nepal for two months. And after I got back from Nepal in 2015, I knew that I could not do anything else with my life. I knew what God was doing for so long that he placed the desire for missions in my life back when I was 15. And now I finally was able to listen to him saying, God, I know I cannot do anything else with my life. I know you've called me to this. What do you want me to do now? God gave me an opportunity to come to the training center here at Vision Baptist Church in Alfreda, Georgia. And then... God gave me and three other young men, including Adam here, uh, an opportunity, uh, last minute opportunity. I believe our pastor looked at us Sunday evening, said, do you guys want to go to Columbia? And if my memory serves right, we were in Columbia less than 24 hours later, if I'm not mistaken. If it was not, a hint over because of the... the uh... Okay. The layover and wherever. That's that was. right. We were on a plane to Columbia, yeah. less than twenty-four hours. Easily less than twenty-four yeah. hours. Yeah, but we were we were in a layover for ungodly amount of hours. Yeah. So y'all know I'm telling the <laughs> truth now. He just verified, and so we got to Columbia. Uh, an awesome week. There was a lot of hard work. But God just burdened my heart for that country specifically because of what we saw there. I couldn't, I could not get that off of my mind. I don't know why God never gave me peace to go to back to England for missions. He never gave peace about Nepal, and I've got a big burden from Nepal. But God gave peace to Colombia because we saw people uh, praying to a statue of a lady named Mother Lara. We saw people in their cemetery. They pray for when some one of their, excuse me for being tongue tied. When one of their loved ones dies, um, 
uh, I believe they believe that they will go to heaven if someone prays for every single hour for 72 straight hours. And I'm not exaggerating there. So I can tell I can tell you all about that later if you'd like. But God just burned in my heart, and I know why He never gave peace about the other countries because God was preparing us for Colombia. Hmm. Well, very neat. Uh, if you'd like to contact Blake to have him into your church, if you'd like to have some que- if you have some questions for him, maybe you're finding yourself in the family situation that he was at. Blake, tell them how they can get a hold of you real fast. Absolutely, uh, I'm very accessible. Of course, uh, my cell phone number is eight six five. Nine eight five six zero eight five. I'm definitely on Facebook. We have a website called ColumbianInitiative.com, but Colombian is not spelled with a U; it's spelled with an O. <laughs> Colombian is spelled C O L O M B I A N. And then uh, we also have a uh, email address you can reach us at Blake and Bridget at gmail.com. How do you spell Bridget? Bridget is spelled the long way as well. Okay, good. Just making sure. B R I D G E T-T-E, Blake and Bridget <laughs> at gmail.com. Well, we certainly, uh, certainly hope that you enjoyed the podcast and hope that you'll turn in, to, uh, turn in, not turn in, turn in, turn. Now I'm doing it. I would say tune in. Thanks a lot, Blake. Anyway, you're welcome. <laughs> hope you enjoyed it and we'll talk to you later.